Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 87 of We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where we talk shift because when we feel stuck, if it is time to level up, rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relation shift, an emotional shift, basically any kind of meaningful, effective change in our lives, the first thing we have to shift is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Well, my friends, we now find ourselves in a period riddled with upheaval and major changes happening everywhere. And I think we're all probably doing the best that we can while trying to figure out you know, the most effective ways of managing our, our personal and professional lives through this epic shift into the probably the biggest phase of uncertainty that many of us have experienced in our lifetime. So I want to spend a few minutes this week talking about uncertainty, since that seems to be the new normal, at least for now, and it appears that things on the larger scale are going to remain in a state of uncertainty for a little while yet. I think it's helpful to have faith that while things are rather uncomfortable, and for some, obviously, much more than others, eventually, this state of affairs will transform into a new state. But while we're waiting for things like out there to change and settle into whatever this new norm is going to be, we can be doing our own version of changing, adapting, or reassessing for some of us, all of those, whichever applies to each of us individually. An important thing I think to focus on, especially right now, is our mental diet. Our mental diet is what we're feeding our minds in the form of the the patterned way that we think about things and the habitual thoughts that we entertain. The perspectives that we choose to view things from and the thoughts that we dwell on, that's what generates our emotions. And of course, our emotional state determines how much or how little we are going to suffer. So as I say at the beginning of every podcast, in order to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in our lives, and that includes our typical emotional state, the first thing we have to shift is our thinking. When we change the way we think about things, the meaning that we apply to things, we generate different emotions. Our, our, our thinking and those beliefs, what we dwell on, has has a massive effect. That's, that's where our emotions come from. We're generating them with our, our mental state. So if we want to feel better, then we must think better thoughts and we must find meaning in things and situations that is positive and empowering rather than meaning that is negative and disempowering. So today I'd like to talk about some of the benefits to getting comfortable with uncertainty, because most people right now are in that state. And because it's uncertainty, most of us don't really know when it's going to change. So let's talk about that. And you know, it's a funny thing about humans. We, we need certainty, 
But paradoxically, we also need uncertainty. Now, we have different appetites for both, and we enjoy or recoil from each to different degrees depending on our personalities and our circumstances. Now, both certainty and uncertainty are very powerful psychological human needs. According to the six human needs, which is the original work of Tony Robbins and Chloe Madonis, they are the founders of the Robbins Madonis Center for Strategic Intervention, the six human needs are more than just mere wants and aspirations and desires. They are powerful, deep-seated needs that motivate our behavior and influence the choices that we make. Now, we all have the same six needs, and we're all striving to satisfy them to different extents and by different means. Given the current climate of widespread fear and confusion and unpredictability, it seems like a really good time to talk about the first two needs, which are certainty and uncertainty. There are four others, and we're going to tackle those on another podcast. Today, it's going to be focused mainly on uncertainty. Now, certainty is the first basic need. And that means, you know, we, we all desire to feel safe and secure, uh, at ease and unthreatened. In other words, comfortable. We like being able to predict what's coming so that we can be prepared and not be caught off guard. Having a measure of certainty in our lives gives us a sense of stability. We much prefer that over the ground shaking beneath our feet or wondering if we'll have enough food to eat or a roof over our head. Certainty drives us to seek some form of pleasure and avoid pain. Certainty is nice and comfy. Now, the second need is uncertainty, which, depending on the situation, can be, well, extremely uncomfortable. At first, you might think that eh, nobody needs or likes uncertainty, but you would be wrong. We need it, and we love it, and we are all fulfilling that need in an infinite number of ways. It helps to think of uncertainty as variety. And you know what they say about that. Yes, yes, it is the spice of life. Uncertainty is a physical and emotional need for change, for surprises, for something new. We need challenges that will exercise our emotional and our physical range and for the unknown to present itself now and then, testing us and requiring us to stretch. Our personalities and temperament determine how we fulfill this need. Like some people get their uncertainty jam on by walking like a high wire without a net or participating in extreme sports. That's what makes them feel most alive. Some love to be scared out of their wits by watching horror movies. Personally, I hate horror movies. Others engage in very risky behavior. And then there are those very mischievous types who scratch that itch by creating drama and chaos all around them. Now, the good news is that there are ways to fulfill this need that do not require putting your life on the line or pissing people off right and left. The need for uncertainty can be satisfied by simply reading books or traveling, having hobbies, or maybe you're a little more risky than that and you're going to take a run at being a stand-up comet, you know. 
It's scary, but if you bomb, it's not life-threatening, and you're probably not going to piss a lot of people off. Now, here's the paradox. The, the more certainty that we have, the less variety we have. And the more variety we have, especially if it's the more extreme stuff, the less certainty we have. So where does that leave us if we're not uncertainty junkies who thrive in the unknown and taking risks? Well, it kind of leaves us at a disadvantage if we don't look for the upside. Now, here's a truth bomb for you. Certainty lives inside of uncertainty. And what I mean by that is if you are someone who is driven by certainty, like that is your top driving need. In other words, you are most comfortable when you feel like you are in control of your environment, your income, your relationship, basically your reality. You've got a good handle on it and there's not a lot of variation. Okay, so visualize that as a bubble, like a, a certainty bubble. Now, picture that bubble suspended in a much larger bubble. Well, that larger bubble is uncertainty. And that's what I mean by certainty living inside of uncertainty, because nothing stays the same indefinitely. Everything changes and evolves. So the only thing that we can ever really truly be certain about is our freedom to choose how we're going to think about and feel about and respond to unexpected changes, to unanticipated periods of uncertainty. We must be willing to look for an upside, any upside. And often that requires us to change, to adapt, or sometimes completely reinvent ourselves or our lifestyle. In other words, we too must evolve. So I'm going to run through a few benefits of getting comfortable with uncertainty. And actually, I bet my producer, TJ, would like to uh, explore these with me. TJ, you want to dialogue a little with me? You know, I uh, didn't prepare for this. I'm a little uncertain for it, <laughs> but uh, why not? You're willing to take the risk and Let's jump in? I mean, you know, it, it makes life exciting. Yeah, you won't die, right? You're right. You're not going to die from it. Okay. At least I hope not. No, I think, I think uh, given, given all of the possibilities right now out there in the world, I think this is a pretty safe, um, uncertain terrain. You're, you're right. This is about the safest <laughs> right. thing I could do in today's uh, <laughs> Right, right. All right, cool. So benefit number one, and we've got six of them, and we'll just kind of talk through them a little bit. All right, number one, in periods of uncertainty, well, we get to find new things to do. We can have new adventures, even though like, Right now, those adventures might be all within the walls of your house. But hey, it's something new. Uh, unforeseen opportunities can prevent themselves. So what I'm wondering is, has this ever been true for you in whether it's the current situation or a past situation, TJ? Yeah, I think my entire life has been uncertain opportunities, to be honest with yeah. you. Like I haven't, yeah. put, I haven't put a lot of foresight or forethought into my life, which... I mean, it's worked out for the most part. Like, life's an adventure. So I've just, like, I believe that, you know, there's no such thing as luck in life. Uh, I think we've, yeah. you know, maybe talked about this in the past. I think there's only opportunity. And if you win the lottery, uh, it's not lucky that you won the lottery. You now just have an opportunity to be uh, happy and healthy and, and wealthy, or you mm -hmm. have an opportunity to destroy yourself. So yeah. is that lucky? Yep. I would never be lucky to win the lottery and 
have a destroy yourself. So, um, yeah, yeah, Amaz- opportunity. Amazing how many people do though. Uh, most of them, so much so that I think, uh, is it E? Like one of those those television networks have actually uh, put out a, a show called "How the Lottery Destroyed My Life." Right, right. It's like over seventy percent of people that end up the same or worse right. than when they before they had won it. It's crazy. Give me that opportunity. I'll, right. I'll try to be in the minority. <laughs> she put it to the test. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, yeah, like this this uh, period that, you know, we're all finding ourselves in now, um, you know, we had the opportunity to bring our daughter um, from Los Angeles to our home in Cody, Wyoming, to kind of wait out at least a chunk of this here with us because, uh, you know, she was able to do her work from home. So she could just as easily do it from Cody, Wyoming as from Los Angeles. So for us, this turned out to be such an awesome opportunity to spend over two and a half solid months with our daughter back home. You know, I mean, usually once your kids have grown up and moved away and they have lives of their own and, you know, they have their own worlds going on, it's, you you know, it's not that often you have the opportunity to spend that big of a chunk of time together. You know, you see each other occasionally, you know, here and there and then on holidays and stuff, but usually it's limited to maybe a week or two, right? right? Also, when you're you're a kid, I don't think you have that sort of relationship with your parents that you kind of would like to later in life when you're living with them. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's just for a short period of time, like, uh, I feel like as an adult, my relationship with, you know, my family members um, that, you know, when I was a kid, like it, we have real meaningful talks now where before it was more like, yeah, I want to do yeah. this. What, what, why are you ruining my life? Why are you letting me do this? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a little different when you don't have the level of, uh, of maturity, right. you know, that you have as an adult, but we are all very close. Um, my husband and, and our kids. So to have that time together was nothing but awesome all the way around. It was such a joy, such an opportunity. So, so that is one benefit of getting, um, you know, finding the upside to some changes like, you know, that's an example Right there. That was a wonderful, unforeseen opportunity for all of us. So the second benefit is um, unexpected events that cause us to change our routines can help us get unstuck from ruts and patterns that may be limiting us because now we can see things from a new perspective. We can reevaluate our priorities and our goals. We can ask ourselves, if the way we've been living is still in alignment with our core values, because you know how it is, you get going and you fall into routines and patterns and life just is ticking away. And sometimes you don't stop long enough to assess the situation, assess your priorities and your values. Uh, so I know for me, this period of time, not, not massive changes in that, in that way. Although I did have some, time because of new routines that having our daughter here, we started new routines in the morning together since she was here. So it actually caused me to start expanding my business in a couple of additional directions um, that I hadn't really, that I hadn't even considered before she came. So that was a huge bonus. Anything, anything happened for you differently during this? You know, I've, I've tried to focus on myself a little bit and be a, a bit selfish uh, in this time, not because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a selfish person, but because like life has been simplified for me. Like 
there isn't running my son to school. There isn't, you know, uh, weekend events where, you know, I have to be certain places. And, and in that time, I've tried to pick up reading a little bit more. I've tried to work out and exercise a little bit more. I've tried eating uh, a little bit uh, better. And, you know, um, I, I think I hate to say this, but like life being simplified because there are things that I can't do um, has allowed me yeah. to do things that I should be doing. And uh, yeah. I'm a little bit worried, Lori, that when life goes back to, you know, all of those demands and, and pulling me in multiple ways that I'll uh, be forced to abandon, uh, you know, kind of self-fulfillment um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But I, I hope that I learn from this and, and be better. Yeah. You know, and you're not the first person to say that so many people, just just friends and acquaintances, as well as some of my clients have really had that same um, experience that being being, um, you know, limited to what you can do and where you can go has um, given them the opportunity that they didn't carve out for themselves before to. Yeah. To make some of those changes and to do things. I don't know about you or your friends, but I've just realized like how much I allow the stress of my day-to-day life impact decisions that should not really be choices. Do you know what I mean? I, I shouldn't be taking time uh, out to eat right as a, a choice. It should be just the way that I live my life. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I think that the stress of our lives in general uh, cause us to act in ways that aren't necessarily beneficial for our own yeah. you know, health. Yeah. Yeah. You could have good intentions, but then what happens is when you get a little pressured with, with time or, or right. stress, you start taking shortcuts. And then before you know it, those shortcuts, like for instance, with your eating or your health, right. yeah. um, before you know it, those shortcuts well, are not any longer just the exception to the rule. It's the new lifestyle. Right. Well, think about this. Like w- when you actually think about it, it's, it's crazy that so many people are okay with it, but you shouldn't be having more than one meal a week or maybe even a month in, in my head when I think about it, be handed to me through a window. Do you know what totally. I mean? Totally. Like, think about Absolutely. it. Here's your food. Let me hand it to you through this window. Okay, something's wrong with that picture. Yeah, but it's become so normal that nobody even thinks of it that way. I don't have time. It, I don't have time to cook, you know? Yeah. That's what everyone yeah. says. But I hope you have time to uh, deal with health conditions down the road, because if that's what you're eating most of the time, that's what you're, you know, that's what you're up for. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that's one thing I've, I've always kind of had a, a very leisurely Sunday throughout my mm-hmm. life. And uh, I think moving forward, it's going to be food prep Sunday. Yay. I would like to hear that. Yeah. That's good news. Awesome. All right. Moving on to benefit number three. Rising to unanticipated challenges promotes growth. It enhances our self-confidence and skills. It helps us become resilient. And actually, we did a whole podcast on the importance of being resilient. It was episode 57. So go back and check it out if you missed it, especially right now. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, now you have we have an opportunity to, um, you know, start that new health regimen, like we were talking about, or take that course or read those books, um, you know, quality time with the family that maybe you were, uh, not able to do so much before. So I think, um, you know, when you rise to these challenges, um, and you take advantage of the time that you, you know, can't devote to other things, um, you're able to, you're able to, to grow and to somehow make, you know, enhance your life in other ways that maybe you were letting go before. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. That's the goal. 
I try to look at the current condition of, of things as situations that need improvement and solutions rather than unsolvable problems. And I know that's really hard, um, whether it's the situation that we're all, you know, dealing with right now, or, or it could have been, you know, it could be something that comes up in your future or something that's come up in your past. When people think about, you know, maybe a situation came up where they, you know, had a, had a health issue or something that, that kept them down for an extended period of time. And, they were kind of stuck in the situation we are now where they, they couldn't do the usual things and the usual schedule that, that they were used to. Um, and then what you're, you're doing is you start really focusing and putting all of your attention on the problem and how uncomfortable the problem is and how stressful the problem is. And when you think of everything as a problem rather than a situation, it's very difficult to try to think of how you're going to rise above it. Because what's that saying? You, you, can't, uh, you can't solve a problem at the same level it was created. So, you know, if you, if you kind of reframe it to here's the situation, take, try to take your emotions out of it as much as you can, and then look for either, yes, the upside or the solution. Sometimes, you know, you can't see an upside just yet, but if you start thinking about solutions and ways to either improve or change or somehow use it to your advantage rather than let it use you, then I think that, you know, the, the, uh, experiences and the solutions that you come up with will ultimately, um, lead you into the next enter, uh, evolution, I think, of, of yourself, it, really individually and is the situation is right now, collectively. So I'm just, uh, I don't like the word problem. I guess that's where I'm getting with this one is, you know, rise to the challenge, but don't look at it as a problem. Look at well, it as I, yeah. a situation. I think you hit the nail on the head. You just said it. Don't look at it as problems, as just challenges. You know, yeah. you, you need to uh, identify them and then uh, find the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you do that, and then when you do that, when you're able to navigate your way through the situation or, or if you even have to, you can't maybe get through it for a while. So you have to be in it for a while, but being able to be in the situation for a while, while solutions are being generated and, and things are, you know, happening, being in able to be in it without being stressed and allowing yourself to kind of collapse under the weight of it. That, that is, you're, you're kind of exercising that ability again, coming back to resiliency. You know, you, you, you start to build up that muscle, that ability to be flexible and to bounce. Um, so that when things aren't stable, you're not, you know, collapsing like a house of cards. I mean, right. Shift happens to everybody. Right. But the resilient ones won't be crippled by it. That's the main point of that i think you know okay. i mean what the, what, the, what they say like what doesn't kill us makes us stronger like you have to evolve adapt change reinforce mm -hmm. overcome totally number four as we navigate our way through the uncertain phase or event the initial fear we may have experienced is reduced and it has less of a hold over us so, I mean, like, have you ever been dreading something or had a fear of something? And then when you actually were forced to, to face it or move through it, you realized it was far less frightening than what you imagined it to be. I mean, isn't that childhood and adolescent years pretty much <laughs> like everybody has a fear of something and then they finally get to it and you push through it and you find out yeah. that it wasn't nearly as bad as you 
thought it was. Like your mindset is the most crippling thing in the world. Like fear mm-hmm. and and what you allow uh, it to do to you is mm-hmm. is largely yeah. like a bigger challenge than the challenge itself. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, like this this uh, current situation when the when the lockdown first started, for example, you know, the fear was so prevalent that we ran out of toilet paper because people were so afraid that they were going to be right. not able to leave their homes for, I don't know, God knows how long, because there was a lot of, uh, I mean, the stores are cleared oh, of yeah. canned goods and toilet paper. Uh, not, I mean, people not, had such a fear. I'm not kidding. So people may digest this podcast, uh, you know, a lot later than we actually uh, record it and, and, and send it out. But like, I want to let everyone know it's, it's June 15th, 2020 today. Thank you. And yep. the, uh, pandemic hit what mid March around mid March? Yeah, early to mid March. Right. I still don't have a fully stocked grocery store of toilet paper yet. It's there. Uh-huh. I can buy it, but still, I would say it's only three quarters of the way full the aisle, and yeah, yeah. It, like it was empty for months, months. Yeah. And there's still no disinfectant wipes at my store. <laughs> it's um, bizarre. It's, it's just crazy. Like I feel like somebody has a closet full of toilet paper. They do. They've got a, There are people out there with enough toilet paper and disinfectant wipes and whatever else to last them well into the year 2025, I think. Um, I hope they have, you know, a place to store all that. I don't know. But yes. Well, and thank you for uh, um, mentioning the date. Yeah, give the so date. That, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, th- that's one thing that I love about this podcast, Lori, is, is like I'm five years from now. It's still going to be worthwhile uh, to listen to. I don't think that the philosophy of, of your way to approach things is really going to change. Um, right. And, and, but one thing too, is like, I, I love the, the hoarders that would go out there and buy, like th- there doesn't need to be a disclaimer in my grocery store about how you should only buy one gallon of milk at a time. Like I, right. we buy two gallons of milk at a time because we just, we crush it. We go through it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But with that in mind, like y- you don't need, like you shouldn't need to tell hoarders, look, you can't hoard perishables. Right. You know what I mean? But apparently (laughs) people will still do that. I guess so. So here's another example, though, of um, of getting getting through something that's really um, got a scary hold over you um, that isn't necessarily related to to this particular time in our history. Um, So when I was growing up, I had a massive fear of, of swimming. I didn't want to be in a swimming in a lake, you know, swimming in a pool. I could swim in a pool because there was an edge and I knew I could always get to the edge, but in a lake, no. And so I never, I mean, I could play on the shore, but I could never go like how people can boat out to the middle of a lake and then jump off the boat and then swim around for, you know, a long periods of time out in the water. I could never do that. And so one time I was out uh, with some friends. Uh, well, I thought they were my friends, but but this one guy picked me up and launched me over the boat like 15 feet away into the middle of the lake. And I don't remember if he just assumed that I could swim. I think I recall him knowing that I said I can't swim. And so he thought he would just see what would happen. Um and so I got pitched, which this, this had never happened to me before. I think I was like 16 at the time. Um, it was like going through the air in slow motion and all these thoughts are going through my mind. And, um, and I, I hit the water and 
my survival instinct, apparently I have one, it kicked in and I literally swam back to the boat. And so it was one of those things where I had this fear my whole life that if I, you know, ended up in the middle of a lake, I would surely drown. I, I just had this fear of it. And that fear was completely false, unfounded. And then it was, I never had it again. It was gone. So getting through that, that situation as uncomfortable as it was, and as much as I wanted to, you know, kill him, um, it ended up to being something really, really good for me and, and eliminated a fear that I had up to that point my whole life. Uh, same story with me, believe it or not. I, uh, was really? not a very good swimmer. And, uh, one day I fell out of the boat, literally fell out of the boat and, uh, mm. learned that I was a much better swimmer than I thought I was. <laughs> right. So there you go. But you don't know till you find yourself, no pun intended in deep water and you manage to survive. Right. It's very much a sink or swim, uh, issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is fun. Should we continue? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Um, number five, uncertainty can lead to chaos. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, actually, you know, super crazy, often negative shift happens when chaos ensues, but the upside of chaos can result in the breaking down of the old order of things, making space for new ideas to be born, new things to be built, new habits and ways of living to be established. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, you know, that's what's happening right now on a macro level uh, in America as well as other countries. But we go through chaos on, on micro levels, too, in our own individual lives. You know, something even like, you know, a divorce or a job loss or health issues and so forth can cause massive uncomfortable and uncertain shifts that could be called, you know, their own version of chaos in our lives. But often once the dust settles and again, depending on your mindset, something good or even better can emerge. Chaos isn't always a bad thing, See, although I, it can be very uncomfortable. You're talking a lot about um, uncertainty and, mm -hmm. and chaos in this uh, thing instance. And you said at the beginning, like, I look at chaos and uncertainty kind of like variety, like like it is variety. Mm -hmm. Like it is in like who wants to have a, a groundhog day life? You know what I mean? Same. Yeah. Same thing day in in day out not that i want chaos that's that's not at all what i'm saying but yeah uh, if, if we didn't have unforeseen situations like mm -hmm. how hard would it be to get out of bed for a lot of people like for mm -hmm. me a lot harder than I, than i would be. like i like to be uh like like for example like a ninja like what is a ninja a ninja is something that or someone that is a martial artist that can just adapt and be fine in any sort of scenario uh, like I want to be, I want to be a ninja in life, but if I don't get at, you know, challenges that are, uh, something that I've never really dealt with before, I really can't be a ninja. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I, I do now at first I was having visions of like, you know, a kill bill movie or something. No, no, no I mean, that, that's how I view myself in my head, you know, when I'm <laughs> dealing with problems, but no, but, but you know, they're very agile and, right, you know, yeah. and you're able to be fluid and adapt to the situation and do what it calls for. So I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the and that leads us perfectly into the the last um, benefit, which is that uncertainty. Um, it gets us out of our safe place, which is a comfort zone, and that's a really nice place to hang out for brief spells. It's not to say that we don't all want to, you know, have. We don't all need that. We we want to have some measure of of calm and comfort in our lives, but we all know that nothing ever grows there. So to make our comfort zone, a permanent place to dwell is definitely not in our best interest. Um, I remember, for example, uh, a few years ago when I was one of the uh, life coach instructors at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And um, <clears throat> when a new group of students uh, had enrolled, there was always like a welcoming event that lasted for several hours. And, um, and included a, uh, included a PowerPoint presentation. And then each of us instructors had to deliver a portion of the PowerPoint. Well, this was something that I had not done before, which was, you know, standing in front of a large group of people and then delivering, um, a talk with only a few prompts from the PowerPoint. Now, you know, this was, this was not a comfortable place for me. I wasn't like petrified or anything like that, but I, I was definitely a little uncomfortable, um, because I thought, you know, something I hadn't done, I might forget something. Um, so there was a little bit of, uh, I don't think I really like this, but I had to do it. Um, and it forced me to stretch. It forced me to test myself to see what I was capable of. You know, I did it and I did just fine. And I found out that I was totally capable. I, I forgot nothing. And then I, what was even better is I actually enjoyed it. I, I could have stayed in the same comfy place of not putting myself out there and, and risk, you know, screwing up, uh, because it is a risk when you feel like you're going to screw up and people are going to see it. But then I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have grown, uh, my confidence wouldn't have grown and, and I might still be kind of stuck in that place of a little bit of doubt and insecurity wondering if I could do it. So those are, that's just an example, like for me of something that happened a few years ago that, you know, I had to get out of my comfort zone and it was the best thing ever or one of them in my, in my process. I mean, that's kind of going rogue. Okay. A little bit for me, yeah. maybe not for other people that do that all the time, but it was at that point in time in my life. It was for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are our six, uh, there's, I'm, there's more and we could go on, but I think everyone gets the idea that there are benefits to, um, if you can find, you know, find the right mindset, change your thinking, look for solutions. There are benefits to being in these very uncomfortable, uncertain times. Do you have anything else you want to add to it, TJ? No, I mean, no, I think, I think we kind of covered it all in, in, in my yeah. opinion. And, uh, I think just having this conversation with you puts things into perspective, uh, in a lot of ways, because I think a lot of these things are, are, are things that people are doing, already but they don't realize it until they sort of look inwardly and hopefully this conversation sort of uh sparks that you know bit of reflection to you know kind of give us uh you know a progress report of our own you know see how well mm -hmm. we're, we're doing uh during this time or whenever anybody listens to this in the future uh it's always good to do a little self-diagnostic diagnostic uh checkup yeah 
I love that. That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah, because the 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 benefits uh, are applicable to any kind of situation that you find uncomfortable because it's riddled with uncertainty. And so, you know, for everybody, that is going to be something different. For some people, it takes things, you know, to be more extreme before they get uncomfortable. And for some people, it doesn't take much. So um, it's it's evergreen information. Well, thank you, TJ, for conversating with me today. That was fun. Um, and everyone, that's going to do it. Uncertainty. Just remember, uncertainty can be a lot or a little uncomfortable. But imagine how pearls feel while that annoying sand is creating them. If we get comfortable being uncomfortable and embrace the potential opportunities that disruption creates, we just may find ourselves positively transformed. If you could use a little help shifting your mental diet into one that's more emotionally healthy, check out my book, Common Sense Happiness, Five Principles for People Who Want to Stop Whining, Bitching, and Suffering. It's all about helping you get unstuck from old ways of thinking by shifting into ways of thinking that help you develop emotional freedom. Think of it as a mental diet book. You can find it on Amazon or on my website, lauriebischoff.com, where you can also find out what private coaching with me is all about. Please remember to share this episode with all those you care about so that they can find out how to make some healthy mental diet shifts in their lives too. And of course, it would mean a lot to me if you would give this episode a rating if you found it valuable. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss the new episodes every week. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.